Welcome to Radical Travel, the show that takes you off the beaten path and teaches you how to make the most of your travels. Each week on Radical Travel, host Justin Jones, travel expert, founder of WorldTravelBuzz.com, and author of the travel blog JustinWasHere.com, invites you along as he travels the world searching for new adventures and sharing stories that will inspire you to break out of the tourist traps and experience the weird and wonderful world of Radical Travel. Now, here's Justin. Hello and welcome to Radical Travel. I'm Justin Jones and on today's show we're going to be talking about a few simple tricks and tips to help you get the most out of your travels and the most out of your life. My guest today is Jonathan Roseland. He is an expert on what we're calling travel hacking. Um, he, He likes to say he's a smart drug dealer, which doesn't mean he's a drug dealer who's smart, it means he sells smart drugs, drugs that are supposed to make you smarter, and he focuses on biohacking and life hacking, and what that is, it's sort of how to make your life and your body and your mind work better, smarter, faster, work for you. And today we're going to talk to Jonathan about, about that mentality and, uh, and about how to make that biohacking work for traveling, so we're calling that travel hacking. We'll talk about tips for remembering what bus you need to take while you're traveling or remembering where you left something like your keys or your iPhone um, and you know weird cool things like how to get free language lessons while traveling and how to remember people's names and Jonathan's going to share his number one secret it's a cure for the traveler's hangover we all like to party when we're on the road and sometimes a hangover holds you back Jonathan's got a secret cure for that and he's going to share that with us later so what is biohacking and life hacking and what does that all really mean? It's it's pretty simple. It's about using the tools that are available to you in your life to make your life better. Um, you know, I always like to tell people we're living in the future right now. We have the internet and technology and science is just you know, going forward at an exponential rate and it's biohacking and life hacking is all about using all of those things to make the stuff around you in the world work for you. You can improve your memory. Uh, you can improve your health, you can improve business connections and social connections like relationships and dating and all of this stuff can fall under that big heading of biohacking or life hacking. And this is through using supplements and mental trips, tricks or just, just thinking about life in a different way. And so we're going uh, to switch into that mindset and take that towards traveling and see how some of these tips and tricks to help make your life better can also make your travels better. And we're going to get into the meat of that um, in just a few minutes with Jonathan Roseland. But first of all, I want to talk about a couple of tips that I have uh, for travelers, and you know, you can call these tips, or you can call these travel hacks, or whatever you want. But um, well, a while back, I asked um, some listeners to to write in and share things that they always pack when they're traveling, um, things you always want to have in your backpack. And one person wrote in and said that they put incense in their pack so that their clothes always smell good. And I thought this was genius. I'd never done this before. I've been traveling for years, and I never put incense in my backpack. And so for the last seven months, I've been traveling through Central America, and I traveled with a pack of Naga Champa, which is my favorite type of incense, in my backpack. And I'll tell you, it works. My clothes, the ones especially at the bottom of the pack near the incense, those ones smelled kind of nice. And, you know, along the road, you sometimes get a hotel room that's a little bit dingy, and you can burn a stick in there, and it helps it feel like my hippie home, and it made me feel at home. So I like that tip a lot, and I think that's a great 
little easy, super simple travel hack. And another one that I've heard people doing is uh, using dryer sheets, which is even easier. You know, you don't have to worry about breaking or anything. Throw a couple dryer sheets in the bottom of your backpack, and all your clothes are always going to smell like they're fresh out of the dryer. It's brilliant. Um, for packing, while we're on the subject of backpacks, uh, I've become a big fan of what they call packing cubes. I have a couple of them from Eagle Creek, and they're awesome. Basically, they're little zippable pouches, little zipp- zippered bags that you can stuff anything in, and they make your pack just so much more organized. Uh, my friend Jason always says it's like having drawers in your backpack, so you can keep your socks and your underwear in one drawer, one packing cube, and you can keep your shirts in another and your dirty laundry in another one. It just makes sense, and it makes your, ba- your backpack so much more organized, easier to find stuff. And a lot of people use pa- plastic bags, like grocery bags, for for this. And you know, I know you're backpacking, you're trying to be cheap, but when you're rustling around in the grocery bag in a dorm room while other people are trying to sleep and you're trying to find your underwear, you know, it's just rude and it makes a lot of noise. So these packing cubes are, are awesome and uh, and I totally recommend them. Um, we should talk about flights. There's a lot of people talking about tips for booking a flight and, and there's a lot of maybe misinformation and myths out there about flights as well. So if you're booking your ticket late, um, a lot of times online, when you book online, you get a choice to choose where you want to sit. And it's, there's priority seating and exit row seating where you pay a little bit extra to book those. Now, those typically are the last ones to go because people are cheap and they take the free seats. Well, they're not free, but the ones you don't have to pay extra to get, they take those seats before they pay extra to get an exit row seat. I say if you're booking late in the game, don't, don't choose uh, a seat at all. Just skip that. A lot of people don't know you can just scroll past that part and just skip it and not choose your seat at all. And the other ones are going to book out first, so when you show up to check in for your flight and you haven't already chosen a seat ahead of time, a lot of times you'll get upgraded. You can call it an upgrade. It's not first class, but you upgraded one of these priority seating rows where you have a little bit more leg room, or maybe you're sitting in an exit row, so you have a lot more leg room. And um, it's a nice little bonus. It's, it's an easy trick to do. And, and another one, too, when you when you check in... Uh, I always tell them I'm willing to be bumped from the flight. That means if the flight's full, a lot of times they overbook these things. If the flight is full, um, you, they'll put you on a list and they'll call your name and say, hey, the flight's full. If you want to wait, the next flight is in an hour or the next flight is tomorrow or whatever. I've been uh, on a flight before where they asked for someone to willing to be bumped and I volunteered. They gave me a $250 travel voucher for waiting one hour for the next flight. I mean, that's like a no-brainer for me. If you're in a hurry, I understand it doesn't make sense for you, but if you're a backpacker and you're like, oh, man, I can get there tomorrow, if it doesn't matter to me, if you wait for the next flight, sometimes they'll hook you up with some really, I mean, $250 travel vouchers, huge, I think. Um, here's a good one. Here, here's here's a weird one, actually. Here's it's a, it's a travel myth, I think, that it's cheaper to book your flight on a Tuesday. I don't know if you've heard this one, but I recently got into an argument with a good friend of mine where he said, I was booking a flight, and he's like, wait till Tuesday to book it. And I and I let Tuesday lapse, and I booked it on Wednesday. And he's like, man, you missed out. You know, it's always cheaper to book on Tuesdays. And to me, that makes absolutely no sense at all. But I decided to Google it, and according to Fair Compare, which has the biggest database of historical ticket prices in the world, they say the best time to buy an airline ticket is Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's so specific, but they don't say how much you save by booking on Tuesday at 3 p.m., but historically, typically, the prices are cheaper, who knows how much cheaper, but somewhat cheaper on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's a good one to keep in mind if you're really... um, pinching pennies and and traveling on a budget and you're booking your flight, why not check out what the prices look like on Tuesday? Um, There's another one. 
another uh, another one that I thought was a myth, and and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's one sort of unconfirmed. They say that um, that if you if you're if you're looking for a flight online and you're using one of these aggregators like you know uh, Skyscanner, for example, um, where you type in your destination, it gives you a bunch of different airlines, and you you check the prices, and then you come back a couple hours or a couple days later, the price has gone up. That's not because the price has actually gone up. It's because they save a cookie in your web browser. So they remember you, and they know you were already checked that flight. And so they think if you're returning, you're more likely to buy it, and they can bump the price up on you and make a little bit of extra money. Now, to me, this sounds really shady, but it sounds like it could be something true, and, and you know you really never know. But I decided to test it. I checked four airlines. I won't say which ones. But I checked four of them, and they, all of them across the board, I checked multiple times on both regular browsing and on incognito browsing, which is with Chrome, so it blocks all your cookies and your IP address so they don't know who you are. Um, so anonymously browsing and regularly browsing on four different flight aggregators, and all of them were the same prices. Um, they, were, they had different prices between each one, but the, the incognito version and the regular version were always... Uh, the same price when I checked. And, you know, this that's not a scientific study, and, and it does make sense, and I've heard that there's some investigations, especially on some uh, some UK-based booking sites where, where people are looking into, government people are looking into it, see if they're actually using this information, and if, if that is illegal or not illegal, it's sort of, sort of ambiguous at this point. But for the record, the best prices were on Skyscanner. So if you're looking for a good one, I can uh, I can recommend Skyscanner for good prices, and I cannot substantiate the myth that prices are cheaper if you browse incognito. Moving on, you know I travel all the time, uh, and sometimes I'm traveling for work where I'm I've got to do, hit a bunch of different locations. I'm in a different hotel every day. Have you ever done that kind of travel? You know how monotonous it can get, and you know it's not the fun kind of travel. And the worst part I think is it's so easy to get confused and forget. Your room number, when you're in a different room every day, it's a different number, it's a different hotel, it's a different layout. You, you can forget where you're supposed to be staying. And so my trick, and it's super simple, is I just use my cell phone and I take a, a picture of my room door with the room number on it. And I take a picture of the hotel's business card or something with the name of the hotel on it. A lot of times the the phone in your room will have the name of the hotel and the address on it. And you know, then you can go out and after a night of drinking, you can just... If you can't even speak, you can show that picture to the cab driver, he'll know where to take you, and you have your room number saved on there as well, so you know which room to go to once you get there. Um, that is, Those are just a couple of my tips and, and tricks, and you can call them travel hacks or whatever you want to call them. I think most of those are pretty useful, but I would love to hear what you guys have. Um, I feel like there's tons, hundreds of travel hacks and tips and tricks out there, so tweet to me at Justin Jones, and let me know what your top travel tip is, and we'll feature the best ones in an article on worldtravelbuzz.com. That's at Justin Jones on Twitter, or you can head over to worldtravelbuzz.com and just use the contact form there and contact me, and we'll use the best ones. We're going to put together an article of all your best travel hacks and travel tips. Now, before we get to our interview with our travel hack expert, Jonathan Roseland, I do want to take a second and give some love to our sponsor, Missoula. Missoula is a backpack manufacturing company, and they make backpacks with the traveler in mind. They're great packs, they've got spaces for everything you need, and they're just the right size. Now, this next week I'm heading to Toronto for four days for a travel conference called TBEX. Now, usually I travel long term, so I've got my big backpack on with all my gear in it, and uh, you know I have to check that bag. And sometimes when you're flying, there's extra charges for checking a bag. But for this trip, I only need a couple changes of clothes, my laptop, my camera... 
um, you know, and some business cards, and that's really it. So this this trip was perfect for my Missoula backpack. Now, I, you know that a lot of airlines are charging for checked bags, but I didn't know that a lot of airlines now are charging for carry-on bags, and I think that's crazy. And on a side note, I think we need to start fighting back, and I want to do something about that. But um, at this point, there's nothing we can do, so... I decided to, to use my Missoula bag, and I checked the dimensions, and it's actually just the right size to carry on as a personal item. So it's not a carry-on, but it has to be stowed in the carry-on compartment, but it's a personal item, like a purse or a small backpack. And this one, you know, it depends on the airline. Each one has different uh, regulations there, but in this case, I was able to use my Missoula bag and not have to pay for a checked bag and not have to pay for a carry-on bag either. So that's a big win for me. Saved me a bunch of money. Uh, anyway, this is what I love about the Missoula bags. They're, they're the perfect size for trips like this, and they have all the pockets and the spaces for everything you need, like your camera and your laptop and your iPhone and everything like that. And these guys, they just they know how to make a good backpack, and what I love about them is that they also know how to give back to the community, and they donate 5% of every purchase to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. So they're good guys with, a, with good hearts as well. Um, if you want a Missoula bag, they're only available on MissoulaGear.com. So if you want to buy a backpack or you just want to check them out and see what they have available, head over to the website. It's M-A-Z-U-L-A-G-E-A-R.com. And as you may know, they are giving away a free backpack each month to one lucky listener. All you have to do is head over to Facebook.com slash MissoulaGear. That's Facebook.com slash M-A-Z-U-L-A-G-E-A-R. Like the page and you're automatically entered in to win a free backpack from Missoula. All right, so for more information about travel hacking and life hacking and all this stuff, I called up my friend and travel hacking expert, Jonathan Roseland. Jonathan deals smart drugs and teaches people how to improve their life through his website and his podcast called LimitlessMindset.com. So my first question for Jonathan was, what is a life hacker? So a life hacker, the definition of a life hacker is someone that wants to live in a really high leverage way. So we're looking for ways that we can leverage our time, our money, our resources, or our relationships to accomplish bigger goals a whole lot faster and with a whole lot less stress. And so how does this, how does this relate to travel? How can you make that, how can you be a life hacker and turn that into being a travel hacker? Well, I would say that the two are, are really intimately connected. The, the people like yourself, Justin, that are getting the most out of travel are the people that are, that are maximizing their opportunities because there's a lot of things about travel that can kind of suck your time, your energy, and your money away with, with a whole lot of mediocrity and take away from having really great experiences. And I think as travelers, as much as we can hack away at the things that aren't the most fun, that aren't the most enriching, that aren't the most educational, we'll get a whole lot more, uh, we'll get a whole lot better ROI on our travel experiences, if that, if that makes sense. Let's talk about a specific example of this. I know that I've seen a video you posted, and I know you talked about it before, um, how to beat a hangover. And now when you're traveling, you're going to go out and party. That's sort of part of the process, part of the, the lifestyle of the traveler, of the backpackers, going out and partying and then waking up the next day. And maybe you got to go on a hike or you've got to go you know, catch a bus in the morning. But you have a way of how to beat the hangover. And this is sort of a life hack slash biohack slash why don't you tell us what it is? 
Yeah, so you see this all the time that these backpackers, they have all this like cool stuff they should be doing. Like they should be taking Spanish lessons. They should be taking salsa dancing lessons. They should be like going to see cool stuff, but instead they're hungover at the hostel. So the very best life hack that I've found for being hungover is to go skydiving the morning after your, <laughs> the morning after you get back. However, that's not always an option while we're traveling. So right, not most, every day, at least. <laughs> so the most cost-effective option that I've found is to eat at, is to drink at least one coconut in the morning, and the coconut will feed your body a lot of the electrolytes and the different elements that get pulled out of your body through reverse off osmosis that the alcohol does and you can actually be i challenge this is all this will work almost universally is that if you are pretty hungover have drink a coconut or drink two coconuts if you really want to kick it and your hangover will be gone in about in about 45 minutes and you'll feel pretty good and it actually repairs a fair amount of the a fair amount of the damage that alcohol does to your system in the long term and the short term now, this is, I mean, this isn't just like, hey, I like the way coconuts taste and it rehydrates you. There's science behind this, right? Yeah. So the one of the results of a hangover is that the alcohol converts into acetaldehyde in your system. And acetaldehyde goes and pulls all these really important resources, all these chemical resources out of your system while it passes through your body. And... A lot of them are electrolytes, and so drinking a coconut or two is going to restore a lot of those, and it's also going to energize you a little bit so that, like, what I see a lot of people do is when they're hungover, they go and drink a bunch of really crappy coffee, the kind of coffee that most most hostels serve, and that this gives is how them... I, this is how I deal with the hangover. <laughs> so the, the coffee gives you a little bit of energy, but it's not actually replacing a lot of the stuff that the out that the acetaldehyde that the alcohol was taking out of of your system something else that helps quite a bit with hangovers is keeping B vitamins in your system. So getting a B vitamin complex, you can find B vitamin complexes at very, very economically at pretty much any grocery store or pharmacy in the world. And those are things that will block that conversion of alcohol um, into, into the hangover. And then you can, like, go out and you can see cool stuff as opposed to laying around the hostel, you know, hungover. Right, and it's not just about hangovers. I think eating healthy is probably a good travel hack in and of itself. Just taking, being conscious of what you put into your body and how you eat and how you take care of yourself, exercising while you're traveling, all that kind of stuff. It, you know, people don't really think about doing that when they're on vacation, but if you're doing an extended trip, traveling for months at a time, you got to take care of yourself so that you can enjoy all those other things like hiking and exploring and doing salsa lessons and all those things you mentioned, huh? And totally, Justin, the the big problem that people have with exercising this kind of self-control when they're on the road is the usually the environment they're in, the people that they're surrounded by are usually not very committed to 
healthy living. And what I found is is the most consistent, uh, most consistent kind of mindset that helps with this is what you want to do is let's say your goal is to exercise three times a week, even though you're even though you're backpacking, even though you're in some you know uh, nirvana of you know, vices and enjoying all the wonderful substances a particular company country has to, uh, to <laughs> right. offer you. Right. Where are what, you right now, by the I'm, way? I'm Medellin, Colombia. Okay, okay. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> so what you want to do is you want to tell everyone that you're surrounded by about what you're doing. You want to be like, okay, this week I'm going to be exercising three times this week, and I'm going to be eating healthy at least half of my meals. And the more people that you're telling this to, the more social pressure you're putting on yourself to to meet those particular goals. And that right there is is one of the strongest uh, motivation mechanisms that, that we can employ. Obviously, there's That's a ton a of good other... Tip. Yeah, there's a ton of other motivation mechanisms, but the kind of travel that the listeners of this program participate in is so social that the uh, the social pressure mechanism is going to be more effective than anything yeah, else. Create your own accountability. It's a good tip for sure. So let's um, let's change gears a little bit. I think that this is a cool one that I know you've talked about before. When you're traveling, you meet a ton of people. You're always meeting new people, and you're making and breaking these social connections constantly. And it's really easy for me, I have trouble with it to just, I forget people's names. And you, you'd be hanging out with some person and you might assume that tomorrow they're going to leave and go on to the next city and you're sticking around so you don't have to remember their name. And then they end up sticking around for a week and you might be traveling with them. I've had this before. Where I've been traveling with a person where, you know, we met in a hostel and moved on to the next one. Maybe gone to a different country together and I can't remember their name. And then you reach the point where it's too embarrassing to ask them what their name is. <laughs> so you have some tips on how people can, how to help people remember other people's names. Yeah, so there's a memory system that I employ to do this, and it takes a little bit of creativity. What you do is when you meet a new person, you want to come up with a sounds like for their name. You want to come up with something that you can visualize that sounds like what their name is. So, for example, Justin, what I would do with you, your name, Justin, that makes me, when I, when I think about Justin, like let's say I'm just free associating the word Justin, probably the first don't say, thing. Don't say Bieber. No, 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 not thinking Justin Bieber. Justin Timberlake is the first thing that pops into my mind when I think about Justin. So, you know, I'm visualizing you with your hat and your feather in it. And so I'm going to visualize because to me, your, your hat is kind of like your most, your most distinctive feature. And so that's kind of the, that's the second step of the, of the process is you want to pick out a person's most distinctive feature. So that can be either a physical feature like their mustache or their eyes or, you know, a pretty girl with pretty eyebrows, or it can be an external feature like a hat or a cool backpack or a, a cool pendant or a shark tooth or something like that. So you want to take what their name sounds like, visualize and do a little bit of free association of something that you can visualize. And then I'm going to see in my imagination, Justin Timberlake 
doing like that Justin Timberlake dance that he did like back in 1999 um, uh-huh. when he was doing that song with with Nelly, uh, <laughs> if you remember, on on your hat. All right. Well, it's all about just creating that mental connection, yeah? Creating an image in your head that's memorable and the mental connection. For me, I do a really simple one. I'll just say the person's name back to them. One, it helps me to remember it because it reinforces that in my brain. And two, I find that people really like to hear their name said to them. It makes them feel, I don't know, better or more connected to the person they're talking to. So I bet you would say, oh, you know, oh, Jonathan, so where are you from, Jonathan? And, like, say it back to you a couple of times. And for me, that really helps me to remember. But still, you know, I still have trouble with it. It's something we always always struggle with because you meet so many people on the road. Yeah, and it is, if you can remember someone's name, you really are going to stand out quite a bit because everyone that you meet on the road or the vast majority of people you meet on the road are like, oh, I suck at names. I'm going to forget your name. Ha ha. We all suck at names. And if you can be like, I'm the person that remembers your name, you're you're going to stand out quite a bit. You have some life hacks, some travel hacks for how to always keep track of your stuff. And, and one of that thing, things maybe memory and, and being, you know, taking green tea or whatever supplements you take to help help boost your memory? Is that part of it? You know, I that's probably an intangible that that is one of the reasons why I have had so few episodes losing anything valuable to me in the in the nine months that I've spent on the road recently. But yeah, there's there's some travel hacks that are more simple than that for not losing your stuff. The the, okay, so the most common sense yet uncommonly practiced solution to not losing your stuff is that you keep everything in a very consistent place. So, for example, I have these really nice headphones that I love to listen to podcasts like yours, listen to music, etc. on, and these headphones always go in the exact same place. They always go either in my backpack in a particular compartment or they go underneath my pillow. They don't go anywhere else. Even if I'm if I'm sitting somewhere and it be convenient to leave these headphones somewhere else, they always go in one of two places. So you always know where they are. And you have to be a little bit neurotic about that, don't you? I have the same thing. I have all these different little pouches and, and places. Everything has its place. And and I'm not like that in my regular life at all. You know, I'm, I'm at my house now. I'm back in California. And you looked around. There's just stuff strewn everywhere, stacks of papers and books and piles of electronics. But when I'm traveling, I do have, you know, you have your whole life in a backpack, really. So everything has to have its place. Place. And if you do that consistently, you won't lose things. Another another tr- little uh, kind of mindset hack to not losing things, occasionally you are going to leave your stuff in a slightly new place. Like you're, you know, you're hanging out uh, at a bar or you're getting sushi with some friends and you leave your iPhone on the table. You want to do a little visual, whenever you leave your stuff in completely new places, you want to do a little visualization of your item plunging into wherever you're putting it down. So let's say I'm, I'm at a I'm at a sushi restaurant and I set my phone down on the table. I'm going to do this really quick little visualization of my phone like sinking into the table and like the table like shattering around it in like a, a dramatic magical way <laughs> as that okay. happens. Which sounds a little bit silly, but it does. 
it, it goes back to the, the, the memory principle that if we can create visualizations that are a little bit absurd, it's going to be significantly easier for, for us to remember things. And so that's the secret. You want it to be, you want it to be absurd. You want it to be a little bit weird and that way you remember it. Yeah, so there's a couple of tools for creating memory, memory associations, which are substitutions, one thing for another thing, like as opposed to an iPhone, it's a dolphin because you're going to go snorkeling later on today and you're going to go see the dolphins. You want to imagine things out of proportion. So if you're setting your keys down somewhere, imagine that they're actually like giant keys. Um, you want to imagine action or violence occurring in your, in your visualizations. So if you're getting onto a bus and it's a particular number of, it's bus number seven, you want to like visualize that bus fighting seven other buses. And, uh, my favorite is if you can make your visualizations a little bit sexy, they're going to be so much easier to remember. <laughs> So the sexy buses fighting. Um, yeah. So like, so imagine like your iPhone with like a cute like skirt on, like doing like a dance on the table, and you're not gonna you're not gonna leave it there. No, you're gonna remember that. These are <laughs> these are really funny, but they're all they're all legitimate. I mean, these are like scientifically proven. There've been studies shown that like using these techniques will help you remember things, and not just in your regular life, but like you said, if you're taking a bus and you need to remember which bus number to take, or if you're leaving something somewhere. You might want to remember where your hostel is when you go out walking around town. Um, these things really help, but it's really good advice. And you know, like like you said, it sounds a little absurd, but but they work. I've got a I've got a couple of more real quick. Um, sure. One is that you want when you arrive in a new town, you want to create perceived social repercussions with potential thieves and. Robbers. So as you're well aware, Justin, in a lot of lower income countries, taking advantage of tourists is kind of something of a of a national pastime. So so what you want to do is the last thing you want to tell a local in in really any situation is that, hey, I'm just going to be here for a couple of days and then I'm never going to be back in town because that's saying that there's no repercussions for them you know, stealing from you or maybe not treating you completely honestly. So I try to emphasize, anytime I arrive in a new place, I try to emphasize the longevity of my relationship with that place. So I'll be like, oh, I love this particular restaurant. Um, I'll do a, I'll do a fair amount of like name dropping. I'll like find, I'll, I'll try to figure out who's a popular person in town right away. And then I'll just, I'll just name drop them like a, like an agent trying to make their name in Hollywood, California. Um, so yeah, you, you want to talk about if you are leaving a place very soon, you want to mention, Hey, I think it's beautiful here. I want to come back here, you know, for my bachelor, bachelorette party and, you know, a year or six months or whatever. So yeah, try to create the impression that you're going to be a little bit committed to, to a place. And that's going to lead you to being, being robbed less. And more importantly, it's going to lead you to having you know, more genuine relationships with the locals in that area. That's, an, that's a really cool tip, actually. It's something I never would have thought of. But, yeah, even if you're not staying long-term, creating the idea that you are staying long-term, um, maybe people will be less inclined to rob you or take advantage of you. Let's see, two products that could probably help people a little bit to not lose their stuff is if a really good idea is to get is to get travel locks. So there's these little locks. They're really inexpensive. In fact, 
I'll send you a couple that look like good values, and you can just link those on the on the page on World Travel Buzz. What we can do is we can put together, we can get you to put together a list of things that will help people with with travel hacks and and with not losing their stuff and all the things we've talked about today. And we can put that together in an article on World Travel Buzz. I'd love to publish that, and um, we can put the link to that article in the uh, in the description of this podcast. So if you head over to WorldTravelBuzz.com, you'll see the article there. Or if you're in the Web Talk Radio page, you can look in the description, and we'll put a link to it there as well. Is there anything else before we wrap things up here? Any other things that you want to talk about? I know actually you'd mentioned something about um, getting free language lessons. Maybe we can close on that because I think that's something that is really useful to travelers. How do you get free language lessons when you're traveling. Okay, so you have to be single. Okay, I am. <laughs> Excellent. Probably a lot of the listeners are, right? Uh, a fair proportion. Sure. So there was this girl, this American Iranian girl I met at Bocas del Toro, really interesting, really smart girl, and all of these Americans are going around taking Spanish classes for, you know, for anywhere from like uh, $10 an hour up to spending like 25 to $30 an hour for their Spanish lessons. But this girl, Sarah, this really smart American girl, she was like, I'm just going to meet like local guys who speak English decently. And then I'm just going to like date them casually and practice Spanish a bunch. There you go. That that works. I'm sure that's easy. You don't even need to date them, probably. Just a little bit of uh, well-placed flirting will probably get you a coffee date or, or whatever, and you can uh, practice your Spanish that way. Yeah, so so here in Medellin, Colombia, which is, which is de- I would debate the number one or number two location for really beautiful women in the world. There's just, there's just something, something in the air around here that produces excellent, excellent genes. Um, yeah, okay. What I did was I made friends with a local English teacher at local universities, and then I went to a couple of the university classes, and I ended up meeting, like, a lot of really cool students that are English students but are, like, people that are really ambitious, that got stuff, like, really going on in their lives, that are interesting intellectual people that I can have great conversations with, and uh, that's served as a really great place for me to meet like people to casually date and practice my Spanish with. And so as a guy, whatever I'm, whatever I'm spending on the dates is probably about the same or maybe even a little bit less than what people are spending on Spanish lessons and I'm getting a date out of it. That's a pretty good deal. And I, I have a different way I've, I've approached it, actually. I wasn't uh, dating this person, but it was a guy I met who I just chat in Spanish with him in passing, and uh, and he, he mentioned to me that he wanted to learn English, and he didn't speak any English. So I had him come to my house, and I would teach him English, just really basic stuff. We did start with numbers and colors, and, you know, he wanted to ask, you know, how, how do I ask this girl out on a date? But in me teaching him English, he also taught me a lot of Spanish, and we became friends over the course of the, the couple weeks that we worked together. And for me, it was a really um, invaluable experience. You know, I, I really loved spending the time with this guy, and we became friends. And I learned a little bit of the Spanish, and he learned a little bit of English, and it was a really good trade-off. So those kinds of things are out there. And you know what, Jonathan, I love the way you travel. Uh, I love the way you live your life, and you, you're always looking for the edge and how to hack things and make things easier or, or, or better. And um, thank you for, for sharing all these tips with us today and, and telling, telling my listeners uh, how they can travel better, how they can hack travel and travel better or smarter. 
And again, you'll be able to go to worldtravelbuzz.com and find an article from Jonathan Roseland um, sharing some of his best tips for hacking travel and making it better and getting the most out of your travels. Jonathan, thank you for, for joining us today. Excellent to talk with you, Justin. That's really going to do it for today's show. I hope that you learned something from these tips and tricks and these hacking tips for, for travel hacking and hacking your life. And um, you've heard some great trip tips from Jonathan and from myself. Um, so you know how to get the best deals on airfare. You know how to cure the travel hangover, which is a problem we've all faced. And uh, important things like how to remember your bus number or your hotel room and, and tons of other tips. And um, I guess travel hacking and life hacking is all about just looking at the world around you and figuring out how to make it work for you when you're traveling, whether it's a, a long-term backpacking trip through multiple countries for multiple months or just a short vacation. You want things to go smoothly and you want it to be fun and you know, really you just want to get the most out of your travels. And that's what this is all about and that's what this podcast is all about, telling you how to get the most out of your travels. So we hope you enjoyed these tips. Um, I want to thank again Jonathan Roseland. Remember, you can check him out on his website and his podcast, both at LimitlessMindset.com. And we will put a link to that in the description of this show. And um, we'll also be featuring some of his tips and recommended products for life hacking and travel hacking on an article on WorldTravelBuzz.com. So be sure to check that out. That's it for this edition of Radical Travel. Please do follow me on Twitter, at Justin Jones, and tweet me your favorite travel hack, and we will pick the best ones to feature on WorldTravelBuzz.com. I'm Justin Jones. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Radical Travel. To learn more about Justin Jones, follow at Justin Jones on Twitter or visit JustinWasHere.com. Until next time, remember, the road is life. Get out there and pave your way. 